Happy Hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy Hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know, however, is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour. It's a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common other than we're all New Orleanians and we're all in a bar and we're all fucking freezing cold. <laughs> and it's a horrible day here in New Orleans, isn't it? Molly Richard is here. Isn't it the worst day ever? It's the worst day it's ever. It's the worst day of 2017, whatever season this is supposed to be. Yeah. For sure. Fall, winter. Yeah, for winter. And Helen Jalea is here, back again. Hi, Helen. Welcome back. Thank you. I had a look up on the website. It's been like a year or so since you were here. It sounds about right. Doesn't it just seem like yesterday? It was just yesterday. You haven't changed a bit. Well, yeah. Thank, thank you very much. You're welcome. I look exactly the same as well, you right? Do. Except you younger. Really do. Yeah. I like it when it gets to this slightly time of younger, year because yeah. it's slightly younger. Slightly right? younger. Slightly because it's darker now at this time of year. Yeah. So. And it really helps. And Derwin Bunton is here as well. Hi, Derwin. Hello. How are you doing? We've heard a lot about you. I hope it's good. This is the kind of show, if you're listening to this show somewhere around the world or around the country or around New Orleans, this is the kind of show that makes you feel inferior about yourself. Uh, like there's someone calling me and shut that up. Because when you hear what these people do, it's really, it's, it's kind of depressing how, how interesting and and. Wait, is it depressing giving. for us? Or it's depressing everybody? for me oh. and the average listener to listen to this because you think, how come my life is just so wasted just taking care of myself? So I tell you what, Durban Bunton is the chief district. Uh-oh, what's happened? Nothing. What is it? We're good. Something bad? Okay. <laughs> Durban Bunton is the chief district defender for the Orleans Parish Public Defender's Office. Wow. It's all true. How about that? He's the guy who's in charge of some... If you're, if you, who do you defend? Anyone who's done anything? I, I defend poor people who are charged with crimes here in New Orleans. So if I'm poor, what is the definition of poor in New Orleans? Well, the defi- it's, a, it's really a legal definition. It usually depends on what you're being accused of. But basically, really? if you can't the afford a lawyer... The scale of, poor, of poverty, depending on what you've done? Yeah, some cases what? cost more than others. Yeah, it's all true. Really? Okay, yeah. let's go through the sliding scale of how... What, what start off with, like, what's the lowest rank? Well, there's, there's a baseline standard. So if you are, before, if you are um, at the poverty line or... Uh, about twice the poverty line, you would be eligible for a lawyer from my office. What is the poverty line? Because Helen probably is a cello, a professional cello player. <laughs> so I bet you're under the poverty line. 15 years and counting. Still years rolling. Of, still bet, supporting myself. I bet you're under the poverty that line. Cello. That's why I put it all, all the way over the there. On the table, yes, yeah, so yeah. no one's going to knock it That's over. Right. Good, mm-hmm. good thinking. <laughs> what is the poverty line? Do we qualify for it? Well, it, it's set by the federal government is what we follow. So probably, well, what is so probably about y'all won't be eligible for my services, but what is uh, a num- you Why can't know. you tell us a number? What is the number? Well, because it's not a number. The it's legal, not a number. The legal standard is if you cannot tef- afford a lawyer without uh, substantial hardship to yourself or your dependents, then you are entitled to a public defender. Okay. So, Molly, mm-hmm. how, would, you, how would, would Molly qualify? Uh, how would we find out? I, I don't know Molly. Uh, but well, I'll tell, you, might. I'll tell you something about Molly. Molly is the marketing manager at a place called Civic Source, and she's also known as the budget bitch. I am also known as be- that. Because she's a world-famous budgeter. <laughs> Have you ever heard of that sort of thing, Helen? But it actually started. Unfortunately not. Nah, me neither. I didn't know there was such a thing as a budget bitch until this afternoon. Well, 
Good thing this afternoon's happening. I know. So this is it. We're going to find out how we can A, budget ourselves and B, qualify for free legal advice. We got advice. like budget bitch, Perfect. law bitch, and cello bitch. Yeah. <laughs> just a bunch of bitches. Just, just a bunch of bitches here on a bitchy day in New Orleans. I'm going to, I'm going to write that down. That has to be the title of the show. Right it actually, um, part of it started whenever I was also working with people who were under the poverty line um, and helping them like figure out how they could afford rent for possibly the first time. I used hmm. to work with people who were homeless and help them get housed and figure out like, okay, I don't care what you're spending money on. I don't care where your money comes from. Like it can be from sex or drugs or whatever your money comes from and wherever your money goes to, can you put $600 aside a month to afford rent? And That's was- a lot of sex or drugs. <laughs> 600 bucks, save $600 a month for but rent. For rent. So that you don't have to be homeless anymore. Mm. And then whatever your other issues are, whether it's drugs or whatever, you can figure that out once you're in a stable environment. But that's all kind of how Budget Bitch was born, actually. Really? Yeah. So Budget Bitch is actually a business? Um, it's more like a project. And how would someone find you if they needed They could email me at um, <laughs> budgetbnola at gmail.com. Budgetbnola at gmail.com. They don't let you put the word bitch in a gmail um, email is that address. Right? It's true. That's that's good Budget. to know. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to know. Good information. Budget <laughs> at gmail.com. I wrote that down. <laughs> yeah. Don't put bitch in my email. What happens when you try to put the word bitch in your email? It just tells you now. just gets knocked back. Yeah. You can't do it. It's like not okay. Hmm. So you were working with homeless people. Like, see, see what I mean now about how inferior you feel about right yourself? I feel horrible about myself right now with these two here. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm playing music for a living. I'm glad yeah. that you're on my side. The ex is across the table like this. You feel just like... Oh, man. Why do I have this pathetic life making podcasts and playing the cello when I yeah. could be actually saving the world? Yep. Like the budget bitch and the mm-hmm. war bitch. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's go back to the budget bitch for a minute. Okay. How did you actually get to hang out with the homeless people? Well, I was working, I was living in Lafayette. I was working at Catholic Services of Acadiana. Okay. Um, and that was my job. I was helping people who were street level homeless, living, literally sleeping on the street. And but I Lafayette was, is not well known for its homeless population, is it? We have over, I mean, like, you know, not compared to New Orleans for sure, but there were over 500 people who were sleeping outside in Lafayette. There's 500 homeless people in Lafayette. <laughs> that is hard to imagine, actually. I can't believe that. Really? Yeah. What, what was their circumstances, most of them? I mean, the, there were so many different, like, for instance, one person who I was helping him find housing and budget to pay rent, he was living check by check, working a manual labor job, was riding his bike to work, got hit by a car, broke his arm. Lost his job, couldn't pay his medical bills, and found himself sleeping outside. I mean, the like wow, okay. circumstances, whatever, range tremendously. But um, Didn't he get to sue the person who knocked him off his bike? I don't know if he had the legal help. Oh, couldn't he do and couldn't he have got some legal help to sue the dude they knocked him over well maybe but it's not it's, it's not that easy like i can i can totally understand a lot of what we do in our office is try to stabilize our clients and we have a lot of homeless clients folks suffer from substance abuse mental illness and uh it is it is very it it's not what you think and and how people find themselves in my office or in circumstances where they're going to need some budget help uh as well so yeah, for something like that, finding a lawyer would mean if you don't have money, somebody's going to have to take it, uh, hoping that there's going to be a payday on the other side. And if there's no payday on the other side, you're not going to get a lawyer to take that case. Right. Well, that's the great justice system that we have here. That's yeah. why it's so awesome. Yeah. 
<laughs> What's the same with healthcare? You can't get you can't get healthcare if you can't afford it either. That's you're supposed to be able to get it. That's true. Through the, some emergency room idea, and you're the emergency room of law, I guess, right? It's true. So it's people true. come to you when how do they how does someone find you actually? Well, uh, we find them for the most part. Once the okay. the way it works, if 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 you get arrested and you can't afford a lawyer, you're gonna go to you're gonna go to court, what we call first appearances, and then they're going to ask you a few questions about whether or not you can afford a lawyer. If the answer is no, uh, and uh, it looks very much like the answer really is no, then they're going to appoint my office, and from that point on, we get to work on your case. Okay, and how many guys are you in your office? We have we have about sixty lawyers at this point, and we handle wow. anywhere between twenty and twenty-two thousand cases a year. Oh my God! That's amazing. Can you do the math on that one, Helen? Um, <laughs> twenty thousand divided by sixty. Why are you asking me? Budget. The budget yeah, pitch budget right pitch. Here. No, what I is sixty thousand like divided? Very well programmed no. Excel spreadsheet to help me with that. What's twenty thousand <laughs> divided by sixty lawyers? You, pro- you probably know that already, do don't well, you? Well, it varies in terms of our workload well, six varies. six times three is 21. I know that. 20,000 divided by <laughs> 60. That's why I start with things like this. How do you start it? I, I say six times three is 21, which is close to 20. I don't think that, it that is, that should though. get us... It's about six three times three is not oh, 21. Not, no, it's well, 18. I, I'm, I'm fucked. Seven, <laughs> seven times three is 21, though. I'm about to play no. Indian music, yeah. and I can't even do simple math. It's about That's 360 <laughs> cases a, uh, a year. Thank so you, it'd be, like, it'd be like a case a day that these guys are seven working on. Seven times three is 21, Seven times three is 21, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the one after six. Got it. Yeah, it's close though. Mm-hmm. It's approximate. Right. It's close this is enough, why I'm not it's close drinking enough for Indian music. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're drinking ginger beer. Yeah. So how many cases? So it's a case a day. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's on average. It's going to be. I mean, that's just a raw average. But the cases vary by no weekend work. severity and how serious they are. So the lower end cases, it's actually more stark than that. Our our lawyers will handle the sort of city offenses, municipal cases. You know, upward up near a thousand cases per lawyer for lawyers working on those cases and then it gets smaller as you get to felonies and serious felonies wow see the thing is people like you and i helen we do this what we do here because that's all we can do basically i mean that's basically it you can play the cello and i can sit here and bullshit for an hour and that's (laughs) that's why you end up doing these things but you guys have choices you're a lawyer you could be working working for jones walker or stone pigman or any of these other big deal firms and you could—you didn't have to work with homeless people and and care about people's budgets. You could be doing—I don't know what else the hell you could be doing. But <laughs> to be fair, anything. I don't typically help homeless people budget anymore. You've moved on from the homeless. Screw them, right? I kind of—they're on their own. They're not on their. I'm still many, totally available for them. Are you? I am. Well, how would a homeless person find you? For goodness' sake. I'm not going to say my address right now. <laughs> No, I would advise against that. Uh, but your lawyer would probably advise you not yeah, to say your address. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't do that. But homeless people haven't got the resources to go out and find budget, but even if they want to, the UN, you found them through Catholic services in, That's true. in Lafayette. But here, you've, you, what made you move here? Just get away from the homeless? No. Because <laughs> they all know you, I would imagine. There's only 500 people. Do they all know you in Lafayette? Actually, yeah. It's interesting. Like, if you go out downtown, I like, am waving to people people would not expect me to wave to. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, here in New Orleans, totally different scene. Did you fall in love with any homeless guys? Um, no. <laughs> that was an interesting question. 
I wonder uh, if not any... yet. I don't know. My, you know, I'm still young. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But you're not meeting any homeless guys now. I thought when you met them. That's true. When, what are people like? Are they just, are they just regular people? Oh, yeah, they're just mean, regular people. It's got to be someone in 500 people that you'd be attracted to. Potentially, but it's kind of like, like doctor-patient pers- like situation oh, there's a whenever you're like working with, yeah, oh, right. helping them find housing. It's a professional relationship. Exactly. Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Sorry. <laughs> no juicy details <laughs> about my love life from that question. From that question, anyway. <laughs> well, there's probably some juicy details later, but we're only on our second drink. What are you drinking here? Right now, Moscow Mule. Yeah. And what was your first drink? Um, beet Heat. Beet Heat. What was in that, actually? There was, uh, well, it was like vodka and beets or beet juice yeah. and jalapenos. Shit. Yeah. It was like it tastes beet good. heat. That sounds it was good. really good. It was great. Does Everyone it? get one. Like today. I can see why you didn't get a second one, though. <laughs> I just like, beet you know, juice. there's a lot on the menu. It's Gotta... like Russian food. Well, that's okay. So these days, it's pretty... Russian is in. Are you from Lafayette originally? Yes. You are? Okay. Mm-hmm. What made you come down here for real? Um, I moved here for a job that um, I didn't stay up for very long. Oh, really? What was it? Um, I was doing sustainability consulting. It was great. Isn't that funny? Great company. That sustainability didn't last all that long. Yeah, that's ironic. Put it. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean, even sustainability consulting? Just like companies who need some help figuring out how to. Um, Save money or, and also save the planet at the same yeah. time. How could those things work together instead of work against each other? Oh, really? Yeah. What, what sort of company is this? It's like a consulting company. It was great. I'm not there anymore, though. Right. What was so great about it? Um, they just, I mean, it's a good idea. It's oh, a yeah. Great concept. There's a lot of good ideas, though, right? Lots of good ideas. Can you figure this out, Helen? You want that quieter? Yeah, I do. Actually. Which one? Isn't it this one? I don't think that that's helping. It didn't help. So who's I think t- you turned mine I down. I turned you down. Do you want this to go back up to him? It's super. We've oh, maybe that. Did you figure it out? This is the most complicated thing we've got going on here. Okay, Thomas. I could just whisper from now on. You could. All right. Okay. So anyway, Helen, let's get on to you for a minute. Second one there. Because there we go. Once we get you that's sounding right. That's good. You got it? I gotta protect my ears too. I know. The ears in the cello. How are you? Can you hear me okay now? I'm doing? fine. You're good? And you're good? Okay, mm-hmm. so. So Helen, last time we t- well, the other times we've talked to you, we you, you had a whole rig set up here. Yeah. You came with all these pedals and mm-hmm. everything. Are you still doing that? I, I am. I do that all the time. Um, I'm gonna do it later tonight actually. And I thought one time moving all that stuff in one day is yeah, probably really. good for me right now. <laughs> I agree. Where are you tonight? At um, I'm at the Ace Hotel. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. That's a cool new venue Three keys for everybody. Room. Yeah, it is. Uh, they, they're trying to you know, really support the artist's uh, creativity in that space, and it's not a regular hotel lobby gig where you're just right. really playing up, you know, you're have the you equivalent of wallpaper. Yeah, you haven't done um, hotel lobby, sure. I've done a couple. Yeah, well, you, you know, you get, you get, like, people are like, I got a great idea, I really want to... You know, have Helen Jolie come play this thing, and they contact me, and they're like, "It's going to be a really great thing," and it's in this hotel. And I sort of assume—I've learned not to assume that that people know to, you know, to to put a, a musician right. on a stage. And, and I mean, I think a lot of people just music can be background music, and and people feel comfortable with that. Like, you go to a, a restaurant and hear a band, and people are talking, and they just right. they just expect the, the ambiance and the atmosphere. Um, but um, I've, I've wanted to write a song about wallpaper <laughs> because I've felt like wallpaper several right. times in my, uh, a lot actually, 
And uh, anybody that has any musician out there that's played while people are talking and chatting, like that, sometimes you can roll with it if it's a, a club where you're kind of expecting that. But there's sometimes where you're expecting a, a listening audience and uh, and you you end up uh, sort of stuck in a corner, you know. And when your kind of music is kind of not the kind of music that you go on a date and want to t- get to talk to somebody while you're playing, it's it demands that you listen it, to it really. Well, you know, I mean, like if you're going on a date and I can I can entertain you with some French songs and and it could be a little romantic but but then at a certain point I might play something that's just going to make you start crying so you may you might want to bring a special date like somebody that's <laughs> that you're already kind of familiar with right. maybe and feel comfortable crying it's in front of It's not first date music. Maybe not, maybe not. I mean I unless some... unless it breaks the ice. It can break the ice. You just end up, you know, like I'm gonna sharing the ice between us right now. Oh, okay. I know that you think we've never met but I've seen you perform before at Bacchanal and it was like I did cry. <laughs> oh, there you go. And uh, were I was you on with, a date? Actually, we're back I mean, to your love life now. Like, yeah, way to <laughs> tie get, it all in. Yeah, wrap well, it in. Well, homeless Thanks, person. Helen. Good so job. I had met two people who were visiting New Orleans from um, Canada, and they were like, "Oh, where should we go? What should we do?" And I was like, "Let's go to Bacchanal." I went to Bacchanal, and we were like in the back, and there were like all these people talking. And you started playing, and we were like, "No, we have to be like next to her." So we went and sat at this table with these strangers, and we were like, "Can we just can we scoot in some? We just have to be close." And then we like sat there for like an hour and a half, and just like like looked at each other, like eyes like welling up, and we were like, "This is beautiful. This is beautiful." So. Yeah. Thank you. What You're incredible that, at what you do. What was it that made you cry? It was just like, it was kind of everything. It was like, okay, I'm kind of with these strangers from Canada who I've just totally hit it off with. We found ourselves like at Bacchanal, which is just a great environment. It was like kind of chilly outside. And then we like elbowed our way in to sit with like another stranger who was like, yes, come in, like sit with us, be close. And then like just your performance is incredible. You're like... You can tell that, like, you are doing your thing and you're not thinking about anything else than, like, what you're inspired to do right then. That's true. Well, like, like I said, I, I, you know, it's what I know how to do, so I, I better stick to it, you know, and better be involved in it. But Strangers from Canada have made me cry before, too, so it could have been a little bit of that. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Yeah, you know. What, what part of Canada were they from? Um, Fran- were they French-Canadians? Oh, no. No, when, Winnipeg, where were you apparently. Wasn't Celine Dion? Actually, Winnipeg, it's interesting <laughs> that Winnipeg. you men- mentioned Winnipeg, that they mm-hmm. were from Winnipeg. And speaking of sad sadness and music, there's a movie by a Winnipeg filmmaker called uh, The Saddest Music in the World mm-hmm. by Guy Madden. It's one of my wow. favorite movies. And okay. it's, there's a super, super sad cellist from like Croatia, I think, or some, somewhere in the Eastern European area. And he comes in, and it's a com- competition between all these different countries of the world to play the saddest music in the world. And so there's be like Mexico versus <laughs> Croatia, and then they like battle off, and then like the person that wins gets to go down a slide into a big vat of beer. <laughs> anyway, this is uh, a movie. It's a movie. It's great. Okay. A big shout out for that movie. I love it. Plus the filmmakers, you know, I'm I'm in the experimental music, and he's definitely pretty experimental with film. He puts. Um, Vaseline on the camera lens and then takes a Kleenex and like does a spiral to clean it off and it creates this refracted light image and wow. it's pretty, so this pretty is, interesting. This uh, is a Canadian movie. Yeah, a Canadian man made, made a lot of people think about sadness and music. saddest music in the world. And what's his name? The guy, somebody Madden? Guy, Ma- his, Guy, 
his first name is actually Guy, so the guy's name is Guy. Guy. Which is uh, clever. It's kind of like calling yourself bitch. But isn't that, guy, pr- isn't that pronounced dude. Guy in French? Oh, Monsieur Guy. Yeah, but Winnipeg is... But it's not no. French, I'm no. Winnipeg. Oh, good point. No, we're, we're close to... I was thinking it was we're, like whatever As if that I'm from there now. I'm projecting <laughs> math. Guy. I'm, just, I'm in my own reality. Six um, times three is Guy Madden. It, six times three is Guy Madden. Okay. That's the name of my new album. All right. <laughs> Good idea. Thanks, write that man. down. I'll write that Thanks. down for you. Okay. Thank you. Six yeah. times three equals is, Guy Madden. Equals Guy Madden. And yeah. how long is this movie? Is it like a full-length feature film? It's a film? full-length feature film, yeah. It's so really great. through an hour and a half or something of sad music. Is, is it, no, no, it, I mean, it's a funny. It's, kind funny. Of a, it's a dark comedy. It's a wacky yeah, comedy, it's, right? It's, okay. fun. it's like it's film noir. It's, a, it's in black and white. It's very trippy. But it's it's yeah, funny. It's I mean, when you, it, it's it's kind of it's surrealistic, which I also like. I'm, I'm actually from Belgium originally. And, um, so you've lost your accent completely. Well, my, mom's, my mom was from Chicago. Right and uh, and so I sound more like her I think than my Belgian roots. You grew up all around the world though. You've lived in all kinds of different places. Yeah, I grew up in Singapore, right, in Southeast Asia for nine years as a girl, and um, uh, from two until eleven. You think then, some of that would hold on, but I guess well, does it come out if you've had a few drinks or something? Yeah, you know, sometimes, uh, occasionally people think I'm Canadian. Um, uh-huh. Occasionally when I'm, si- when I'm in f- singing in French or speaking in French, I sound like I'm from Canada as well, actually. And now I'm dating a Canadian. I think Canada's Canada's just in my really future. in wow. right now. Well, yeah. How did you meet this Canadian dude? Is he legal here? Is he, he... He's, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's legal here, yeah. Thank goodness for that, because <laughs> <laughs> I hate to have to see him sent back. Yeah, yeah, no, no, don't worry about that. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would advise against answering that question. We have legal <laughs> presence here, right, so just don't I don't want to Legal bitch says, don't mention it. Talking German, would you like another beer? Uh, I think I'm fine right You're now. You're good to go. We can yeah. keep you hooked up. We're in a bar. So if you'd like another one, don't hesitate to sing out. I'm all, I'm all right right now. Okay. So how did you meet this Canadian guy? Homeless? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Give him some budget advice, and then next yep. thing you know, you're dating him. See, I told you, there's a lot well, of people. That's my life. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, I think like pretty much every woman could just attest to giving a guy some budget advice and then them falling in love with them. With the, you know, that is so a that's very attractive starts. quality. Like meet some homeless guy, give him budget advice, next and thing get married, you know, boom, you got kids. It's all over. Dermot, how did you meet your wife? I met my wife uh, playing soccer. There you um, go. There was a pickup soccer game we'd play regularly. And pick up pick soccer. Pick up soccer. It's, it's true. There you go. And you picked, who picked up whom? Well, when I first met her, she had a boyfriend. And I thought, oh, she's cute. Uh, but Pick. she's got a boyfriend. Yeah. And then we kept playing the regular game. And I always thought she was, she was cute. But the, the timing was never right. She either had a boyfriend or I had a girlfriend. And then there was, there was this moment where I broke up with my... Uh, then girlfriend and I thought I'm going to ask her out. I've been wanting to ask her out. I hope she's not dating anyone. And are you um, still playing soccer together at this time? No, I am way too old. No, I don't mean now. I mean at the time when you were asking when you're about to ask her out. Oh yeah, it was after a game. It was after a game and I asked her if she wanted to go out sometime and she thankfully said yes. And uh, our first date was a five-year-old's birthday party at the JCC swimming pool. Well, that is so romantic. What what positions were you playing in the soccer match? (laughs) Well, I am... uh, I am not a natural soccer player. I, grew, I actually grew up playing uh, football, American football. Yeah. And, uh, but I had a lot of friends who played soccer. I thought it would be fun to learn. And so 
Um, I played uh, all over the place when we first started playing, but I was always a little rough. I couldn't get the contact right. Because um, oh, you watch foot, it on, football. Yeah, because you watch it on TV. Contact. Soccer players seem to jostle a good bit. The thing is, right. I'm not built like a soccer player. Yeah. I'm built like a football player. He really is, for those mm-hmm. of you who can't see him. So when I pushed these little people, they fell down all the time, and I'd get in, I'd get like... you get a foul. I'd get a foul, and folks would get upset. I'm like, well, you pushed me first. Um, yeah, it's kind of like mm. pushing a trumpet player, like pushing a soccer player. You don't want to mess with them. Or a small dog. Like My neighbor's dog was out the other day. It's a small, yappy dog, and my, my teenage neighbor, my other neighbor was like, Oh, Miss Helen, can you help me? You know, this dog. Like, do you know whose dog this is? We're trying to figure it out. I'm like, well, well, it's small. Let's just pick it up and we'll keep it. Ah. And we'll call. Got close to that dog. No way. Yeah. That dog was going <laughs> to rip my head off. Like, jump up. Like, yeah. like the Monty Python with flying rabbit scene, you know? <laughs> no. It's, it was, yeah. but I figured it out. Yeah. You know, learned, learned how to play soccer. You learned how to be gentle. Yes, we ended up playing together on the same co-ed team for so, a long time. So you're playing on a co-ed team when you're knocking women over on the soccer field. Well, some, sometimes. Sometimes. some of them happen to be <laughs> do women. Do what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the object is to score the goal. That's so right. if you're in my way, okay. you, might, you might fall down. I didn't know there was like co-ed soccer teams. There's no co-ed football teams, are there? Yeah, they're all over the, you know, rec leagues are all over the city. So Football. we we'd play. Yeah, it, well, it's flags, not, not, do you remember, not tackle. Do you remember the Blaze, anybody? The New Orleans full contact female football team. Yes, I do remember. I, do remember. I, went, to, yes. I went to a couple games. It was the most entertaining thing because there's all these kids in the, in the bleachers that. are like, go mom and like you're eating hot dogs and stuff in your face and you're like oh my god and these women are just fucking killing each other what happened to that whole thing it it, it didn't well when i was there i was one of maybe 33 audience members there's more people on the audience i think they don't call them audience members that are football the crowd the The crowd so there's more people on the field than there were watching yeah probably but why it didn't catch on Think chicks beating each it other up would be pretty super entertaining, you know, like yeah, roller derby. Were, yeah, but they were not like playing up the like. These were not oh, women they, that were interested in like putting on makeup wrestling. before <laughs> right. going to play right. football. They weren't wearing, these like, are women that outfits. are interested in playing football, and like hmm. it just wasn't as attractive to the masses in, in U.S. Yeah. culture. I mean, if you want to get into it, you know. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why that is. Because you think if you like football, do you care who's behind the helmet? I mean, if it's a man or a woman, does it really matter to you as a football fan? Well, I think it does. I think I do. It's about, it's about the sp- performance, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, does it matter whether that's a man or a woman? Well, if they're just, a good football player? I think it matters how they perform. Right. Uh, but, um, so there's got to be some good women. But you do have, you've got, and I think it's alluded to, you've got some cultural barriers to, to get over. Mm-hmm. That, that's absolutely true. Uh, but yeah, I think that's at, a at mental its core. game too. I mean, yeah. right? You you, you, you mm. can't separate your mind from your body. Like, if somebody, you know, pisses you off for whatever reason, and you're playing against them, you're gonna feel differently about it than if, you know, I don't know. Just well, I'm not a football player, but you played football, do you? What, what is the what is the, what is the mental don't attitude when you go on the field? There, do you hate everybody on the other team for real? Well, the thing I would tell folks is, um, teenage boys are terrifying. Um, because you can convince a teenage boy to do just about anything. And so I, I always think back to playing high school football and some of the things that were said by our coaches that today would, um, would absolutely not be tolerated. Uh, but I'm also thinking that 
it's probably still said today. <laughs> Nobody, these are, thing, these are things that are before the game or during the game, not in the locker room. This afterwards. is during the game, you know. Um, it's not in the shower. You know, the, no, this is, by, this, this is by the coaches. Yeah, I remember okay. our <laughs> like star what? player. Yeah. Our star player came off the field one time. This is you know, I live. What school I, are we at here? This is I grew up in Southern California. Okay, and uh, I grew up in in the era where concussions weren't that big a deal. Right. And so there are a few, like, there are a few moments on the field where I just lost, like, there's time lost, right? But I remember our star player comes out, and he's got two fingers pointing the absolute wrong way. And the the coach just grabs the fingers, straightens them out, tapes them up, and he gets back in the game. Like, that's... That's the era of football. Wow. That, just uh, like that's cello real playing. football, yeah. <laughs> cello, very similar situation, all right? All those cello teachers. You just, just got to suck it up. No pain, no gain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's, it might be lower scale, but some of those folks are pretty intense with their instruments. You, you hear lots of stories of guitarists whose fingernails just fly off their hands as they're playing in a concert, and they just keep playing. I'm not recording this, but you did say you hear lots of stories. About guitar, <laughs> do you? Well, I've what heard. Are you, in, what are you in, reading? I've well, you I've listened to guitar to, player accidents or something. No, it's been like in, like interviews with um, uh, who was the the guitarist uh, Harrison. George Harrison. Uh, Harris. It was Harris or Harrison. Well, George Harrison was from in the Beatles. Beatles. From much. the Beatles. Yeah, that's George it. Harris. That's yes. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you he, actually don't know the names of the Beatles. Is that what uh, oh my God! I am. I'm not that old. Um, um, but I do you know. You really don't I do know, know the names of the Beatles. I do know the names of the Beatles. Um, okay. I, it's Harrison, McCartney, Starr. Um, I'm missing one. Or Rhymes two. with lemon. Um, <laughs> oh, that guy that got that was assassinated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the guy that, that guy. was assassinated. Okay. Um, Lennon. No, I'm. T- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. But um, but yeah, they, it, it was, was an good interview acting, with him way. where Are he talked a- about his fingernails and jo- George Harrison's fingernails. Oh, his hand, his hands. Period. Well, that's so weird George because Harrison. I just watched a whole three-hour documentary about George Harrison called "Living in the Material World." Have you seen this video about this Mm-mm. documentary nope. on Netflix? It's fucking awesome. Nice. Actually, didn't mention his fingernails one time. Oh wow! I'm, I'm sure he doesn't care about his fingernails. It was. Well, how a, would you hear about it? It was with an interviewer. I forget who he was interviewing with. Yeah, and they it's were meant talking to be a about manicurist. And, and he gave the story, and and apparently. Uh, it was uh, a live performance, and you know his fingers are bleeding, and he's playing. I guess if you're. How in many the... dollars do you think his fingernails? I've got worth? blisters on my fingers. Whoever. Found <laughs> That's a song, Thomas. That's at the end of Helter Skelter. For those of you who ah. are Beatles, of course, that's Ringo who says that. Yeah, well, I didn't drummers. know that. I'm a drummer in a punk, punk band, which means I'm an awful drummer. <laughs> and, um, You're currently a drummer yeah, in a punk band. Yeah, and I, I okay. played last spring. I played a show, and my hands were bleeding, and there was blood all over the wow. snare drum. And then um, these, like, we, we have, like, four fans, and uh, two of them <laughs> uh, really wanted to catch the drumsticks, so I... I actually oh, threw my bloody drumsticks out into the audience. Wow. It was my first that's experience a, a real with that. And they were really excited to get that. So it's a little weird. How did, you, uh, how did you get the job as a drummer in a punk band? Did um, you have to audition for it? It's my second time being a drummer in a punk band. I, I was a drummer in a punk band before, uh, I almost said pumpkin, um, before I college? moved here. Um, was that in college or yeah. something? Yeah, oh, after college. The yeah, coochies right. or something? Oh, my God. Remember that? Every time. 
Well, Every that, time you bust me for that name, <laughs> that awful name. But yes, that yes, was that, that band. Was that band. You were yeah, a drummer yeah, yeah. in the Coochies. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. I am the drummer of the Coochies. Oh my God, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> I think we've looked for that on YouTube yep, before. Yep. Yeah, you I find mean, other did things. You find um, oh. Yeah, not, you don't find right you don't find the Helen Gillay the drummer in the band. You find we all had some sorts good of songs. So we had some good songs. It's not something I can search at work. I don't think. Not suitable for work. Our, our firewall might have problems with me searching Coochie. Coochie. The Coochies. That's a great title, a great name for a band. Oh, though. thank you so much. So that was, your drum, that was how you time. started out as a drummer. That was in college, though, right? In, yeah. Well, my Boston? brother was a drummer. Okay. Uh, my brother's a drummer, so he's well, still... He's a real drummer he's still a, today. He's a geologist, now computer programmer, who also plays drums. So. Wow. Um, but he... So he grew up... I played the cello from age nine, put a lot of blood and sweat into practicing lots and lots of hours. Um, and, and you he discovered also, you could just pound the drum. And then you're like, oh, why practice yeah. when you could just be a punk drummer? <laughs> just kidding. I, I also didn't know I didn't know that the cello could be a punk instrument until well, you turned, later. You, you turned it into a punk instrument, actually. Well, yeah. I, mean, I don't think that was anyone else's idea. No one else has done that. Oh, no, no. There, there has. There, there's, well, okay, yeah, wait, that's why I'm here, right? I should okay. talk yeah, about that. Let the people yeah. know. Tom we'll make Cora, you do a demonstration. In a I'm kind of like, duh, of course it is. But you're right. I'm just so far into my own weird narcissistic life that um, I didn't realize that I should explain that there are punk drummers out there. And ja- uh, I no, mean, punk cellists. Punk cellists. Are there? There's a well, whole I'm drumming world on my cello so yeah, much right. now that I'm kind of, I decided to take up the drums again because I was afraid I was going to, you know, put a hole in my cello. Right. So I was so excited about drumming again. I'm like, well, maybe I should stop beating the crap out of this cello, which is, you know, it's not like cheap it's instrument. An expensive so. instrument, and actually buy a drum kit, which is a lot cheaper. Yeah, and I did, and, and now I'm back. In, now I'm it. back into it. I'm in a band with Aurora Neeland, um, but we're both named are Jessica. You? Yeah. In the band, mm-hmm. you both. Called, what, what's your Jessica? Who are you? Uh, I'm I'm Jessica. I'm just Jessica. Oh, you both and just. She's Jessica. also just Jessica. Oh, you don't have another. That way, when name, people right? when people yell out in the crowd like Jessica, Jessica! <laughs> we're not competing. You know, That's it's nice. like a, it evens out the platform. The egos are both. It's a satisfied. very good idea. Yeah, yeah. I think so it would be like all well, the beat was being called John. Yeah. So you're, <laughs> so it's a punk duo. Yeah, but then sometimes we have honorary bass players who are also named Jessica. Also got Jessica. Yeah. And who, what are their real names? These people. There's Aurora Neeland and you, which is hilarious to start with. But then, then the, the other member was actually called Jessica Lurie. That's uh, a real, and was a real name, yeah. Which I'm is so why she made it in. Because we had a lot of guys that were like, we want to just put on a wig and be part of your band. Be Jessica, and yeah. I'm like, no. Then so then, where do we, what's the name of the band? Jessica? Uh, it's called Lyrical Cock. Lyrical Cock. I don't think also you'll be able to search <laughs> for that one. Isn't that interesting? You went from the coochie <laughs> to Lyrical Cock. I guess that's uh, full circle. <laughs> Pretty much. Six times nine is... <laughs> um, Don't worry about that. Stay away right, from so, all that. Leave so that anyway, to budget. Um, okay, Lyrical Cox, so we can... We have a can... show coming up. Yes, that uh, was January 24th at the Hi-Ho okay. uh, Lounge, which is on St. Claude Avenue. We'll be playing there. And uh, so, yeah, if you guys want to come, come okay. and uh, hear uh, okay. Lyrical Cox... So if you're Cox, listening to this before January 24th, yeah, 2018... Yeah, we have a couple fans. So you could, you could You could be part great. of our, our small fan base. This sounds good. And how often do you have to rehearse for this? We don't really punk, rehearse. So you don't have yeah, we to don't worry about rehearse that. very much at all. So um, okay, this we, would be we, we're terrible actually, but um, but we have a really good time. Actually, Jessica is terrible. I'm I'm <laughs> Helen Jolet. I'm just speaking on behalf of her, and um, now I'm starting to really get into the the whole thing. And right, I, um, are you Jessica right now, or are you Helen? I'm right in between the two. <laughs> it's, it's very, very confusing. I know. I can't tell what I'm what's going on now. So Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> 
are you looking forward to the next gig? Or is it, are, I really Is am. it terrifying to get up there? No, no, I love it. In fact, as Jessica, I think I'm going to order a Moscow mule now. Good idea. Yeah. Let's get Welcome someone to go get world. that for you. We'll see who that we Jessica can get. loves loves right. to drink, hey, and Alex, she doesn't like to rehearse. Could Alex hook us up with a Moscow mule? Probably so. Alex, could you hook us up? Can you get a drink for yeah, for Jessica? What am I getting? A uh, Moscow mule. Moscow mule, please. Thanks. Thanks. You can put it on put it on our tab. She Thanks. she loves Zabrovka vodka too, Jessica. Jessica she's that. she's Zabrovka. 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 The bison grass. Do you know that? Do you know one? about that? I have no. I, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> it's, it's Russian. A, <laughs> Zabrovka. Doesn't that sound? It's a it's a Polish name. I believe it's Polish. Maybe Russian. Oh, Zabrovka. I thought it was it's Russian. It's bison grass, and they literally have a piece of... It, it's It's got bison grass in it. In it. Yeah, there's like a piece of... It, I don't know what... It's She's called bison grass because bison like it. See, we should have yeah, thought about some of these of stupid ideas. But Do you, you would it, you like to serve it chilled. You, Jessica, would you like to play something as Helen or as um, Jessica? Well, um, well, both. Well, now I'm... Okay, I'm Helen again. And okay, I, 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 This is Helen Gillet talking Okay, now. Helen. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, so have I, you ever been to a... It's in therapy or anything? Oh, yeah. Should we cancel all my whole life. Um, for Jessica if she's gone? No, no, no. Okay. She's, She'll be back. She's, yeah, we're, we're, we're good friends. We, we can Okay, so now you've got a little box on the table. I do. And I'm looking at the back of it. It's called a, a what? Look, here's the front. Okay, um, so ragini. A ragini. This is an electronic tanpura. Uh, not not uh, to be confused with tempura, not tempura at a Japanese, Japanese yeah, restaurant. Mm. Okay. Tanpura, which is a um, Hindi word. This is from India, and I actually went... I uh, had the pleasure of going there to visit my first improv teacher just a couple years ago, and I went and picked this one up. It imitates the sound of a Indian oh. instrument called a tampura, which is used to accompany Indian classical music. And um, my first improvising teacher is a cellist. I am actually a cellist. I spend a lot more time practicing that than the drums. Um, I have a master's degree in cello, and I'm classically trained, but I didn't know how to improvise or use my ears. And... Um, I was just in a practice room reading music and playing like Rachmaninoff and Bach and Mozart and Haydn, study, study, study. And I, I met this woman at age 19. I was 19, and she studied Indian classical music on the cello. Her name's Nancy Lesh. Big shout out to her, because she's also a pioneer in taking the cello on an adventure outside of Western classical music. Big influence on me. And she taught me for two years, she taught me two ragas, which are songs from North India. And one of them is called Bihag, and I'm going to give you a short taste of what that sounds okay. like. So, the, so you're, you're going to play the cello, and you're going to be accompanied by this little sort of cream-colored plastic box. Yeah, that's called right. Called a ragini. It says new on it, by the way. Oh, it does. Great. Look, Good. can you see that word new? Where is on it? Oh, front. yeah, new, yes. Mm -hmm. It's new. It's permanently new. on there. It's, a per it's permanently. Years to come. Yeah. It's, it's the new model. It's the new version. I went to pick this up in Pune, India, and... Uh, uh, it was a very interesting shop, uh, the Mahende Brothers, I believe it was called. And um, they, uh, you know, traveling as a single woman in India is always uh, an adventure. And to go into a music store and um, express interest in this. And I, I tried all the different ones out, but this is the newer model. Okay. And uh, you can tune it. So here it's what oh, it sounds wow. like. And um, you can change the pitch. So it can go, this is a C, concert yeah. C, Western C. You can go up to D, here's D, and goes all the way up. That's high B. Anyway, we're going to bring it back down. C. 
Okay. And you're not supposed to play that instrument by using those keys. You just pick a key. You pick a key. Although it does sound pretty cool, doesn't it? It does sound pretty interesting when you're doing that wow, Mm -hmm. wow, wow. Yeah, it sounds like an electric guitar, kind of. You can put that through some sort of effects pedal and have a whole thing going. Okay, so that's going to play by itself while you play the cello. I have to go get Look at your cool jewelry. I just noticed that. I've been staring at you for half an hour here. What is that? This I got in a, a, a market in Belgium. I went there for my birthday. Actually, my, my boyfriend bought me tickets The Canadian to boyfriend? Yeah, for my wow. birthday. Was he able to get back in the country himself? He was, yes. Thank goodness for that. Okay. Um, well, he's a nice, generous guy. Yeah. What a great guy. He's a pretty good guy. How, long have, you, how long have you been dating? About six months. Wow. Well, we've been knowing each other for over 10 years. And then suddenly something happened and yeah, changed it. Yeah, we were both wow. couldn't really believe it. And we were terrified, like, oh, let's not yeah, mess let's this not up. Yeah, let's not ruin it. Yeah. Now but then we couldn't not do it. How we were, like six weeks of courting and going, I don't know. And what was the moment? Were you playing soccer together? And you <laughs> knocked him over or something? And we had an Easter date where he uh, picked me up and he was dressed in an Easter outfit. And, um, not a bunny, I hope. No, but he was dressed in pink. Okay. Um, and I like a man who dresses in pink. Okay, that's usually. good to know. Yeah. Okay. Confidence. That's what did it. Know? Okay. Confidence. So go grab the cello off the table and whoop, and we'll Okay, so it's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Sounds like a sitar. Ravi Shankar. It sounds like it sounds like warm the warming up in the concert for Bangladesh. Yeah. Talking to George Harrison.
Voilà. Wow, oui. Wow. OK, well, are you crying, Molly? So, yeah, everybody knows what I meant about crying. Yes. Yeah. OK, well, we're all on the same page now. Do you, do you need some tissues or anything? Wow, okay. Helen, that is gorgeous. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Shout out to Nancy Lesh, who taught me how to do that. Good old Nancy. Yeah, she really well, devoted her whole life to that. So She could teach me how to do that. I would still not be able to do it. <laughs> I think there's a lot to be said for your own talent that well, goes into much. that. Yeah. And you hit on something really interesting in that song, because I've wondered about this for years. When you listen to Indian music, it sounds like it's a different scale. It sounds like it's different notes. But is it, actually? Well, I mean, there's the same, you know, notes are just vibrations that bounce off of something and come back into your ears, and, the, you know, it's the same set of that. It's not like, you know, it's, it's not changed physics or anything of, of the notes, but they do use different scales. Um, and the, the word is modes, okay. because, like, a major mode in Western music um, the do, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, si, do, um, or, you know, do, a, dear, you know, that whole right, thing. Right, right. Um, that's a major mode. Well, in this one, <clears throat> um, the <clears throat> the syllables, I'm going to change the, the key because it's like, it's easier for me to sing in a different key, but, sa, ga, ma, pa, ni, sa, sa, ni, da, pa, ma, pa, ga, ma, ga, re, sa. That's the mode of that song, bihag. What do we call that, a scale? Well, um, it's not really because really it's not called going a ra- up and down. A rag, yeah, no, it's right. a raga, and um, I, the mode would be the Western theory word for what that is, and it's basically okay. set. It's a scale, or a scale. You could call it a scale, but you know, it goes up and down. Like on the way up, it skips. It's like a major scale that skips the second and sixth, and then on the way down, it has a sharp four, and then okay. you know you have to. You but have they're the same notes that you could play on a piano, say. Yeah. Well, this one technically yes, but you uh, the inflections are not. Uh, you have to slide into certain notes. You have to, and and then and then in order for that to happen, you have to have all the intervals between a Western half step, so the piano is confined to. They call it a tempered, well-tempered clavier. Johann Sebastian Bach talked about that, but the piano was invented in order to make the the physical nature of a scale or of the harmonic sequence. If you take a string and cut it in half, and then cut it in quarters, and cut it in thirds, and there, the it's not a an even amount. It's kind of like how we have a leap year. The 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 year doesn't n- nothing can you know figures into an exact right. mathematical Descartian way of thinking, but Western European culture has made it fit into you right. know, the piano. But So the, the Indian music is more in tune with the natural harmonic sequence, and so you have to sort of bend in and out of different notes, and different notes have their own tendencies. And also that, that particular scale, Bihag, does have pitches that are more equivalent to the Western scale. There are some modes in Indian music that use quarter tones, and I think that's maybe where you're getting what you're getting. Well, I was to. wondering how you were playing that on the cello. It looked like you were just playing regular notes. Like yeah, you, you can't play this on a fret on a fret fretted you instrument. You can't play it on, no, okay. or on a piano. So you are finding yeah, you're finding the notes, in between, notes in between, just for the inflection. So funny that you can understand all this, which is highly mathematical, but you don't know what three times six is. <laughs> I know, I was pretty pathetic. It's not crazy because I think I've gotten really super- metaphysical with stuff, so I can't, I can't come back. You know, I'm now split personality. But that is really complicated, isn't it? I mean, that's a really complicated mathematical. You have to understand what's going on with the physics of that yeah. to play that. 
And then you have to be able to play it with emotion as well. Well, at least if I'm only going to do one thing for my whole life, I'm trying to do it well, you know? Yeah, yeah but might as well, right? So, might you're, as not, well. so you're not going to help anybody. Total, you're not going to defend, yeah. Yeah, defend people who are indigent. So who pays you, Dylan, by the way? Well, we... That's the, that's the Good problem. Good question. Um, right. We, we receive funding from a number of sources, but one that we rely on more than... I think we should are fines and fees and costs that come uh, that people pay as they come through the courts, uh, and that's that's the big problem we've been advocating for for change about is we have in in New Orleans and Louisiana a user pay criminal justice system where the system is light is funded by the people who go through it, and those are usually some of the the poorest and most vulnerable in our communities, and so. You know, we're almost always under-resourced, always underfunded, and uh, it's, it's been a problem. You mean fines and fees uh, that are levied by the court system, so traffic fines and so on? That's right, that's right. Um, because we depend on those so heavily, the highest volume court, the one where the most people go through, is our biggest revenue source. So okay. in New Orleans, that is traffic court. Right. And so it's, uh, it's actually not a joke when people say your right to a lawyer really depends on traffic fines and fees in a jurisdiction. That's the way it is in Louisiana. So you're, you're happy for the red light cameras. <laughs> well, not, the red light cameras are different. Private, right? Those are private. They're different. I mean, we do get funding through them, but we're the only public defender office in the state that receives any funding through the red light cameras. Right. Is that cello okay on the floor? That's what's worrying oh, me. I'm going to move it. You want to move it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Put it away back. somewhere so nobody kicks it. So weren't you guys on This American Life this past year? We, we were. We were on This American Life. We uh, were on 60 Minutes in February. Ah, um, you've got some publicity. And so, yeah, we've been talking about this. Who does UPR for you? Uh, a great young woman named Lindsay Hortenstein does our um, So you have a public relations person? Yes. Is she in the office full-time or is she a contractor? She is. She's so you have full-time. a full-time PR person? I do. Why? I do. Is it worth it? I don't, want, know, to, I don't it, want to kick her out of a job. but It is. Like, it actually is. It, it, it's one of those things where it started through a grant, and we were able to really uh, educate community and, and stakeholders about what's going on in our criminal justice system, and she's been incredibly helpful with that. Raise, and... All this social media nonsense, I have no like I have no idea how to deal with that stuff. And so, so she, we can she handles all follow that. we can follow the Orleans Parish Defender's Office, is that what it's called? OPD. Yeah. We have a Facebook page, we have a uh, is it Twitter handle? Is that what it is? Oh, like could, we're on, I we're think on, you could say so you're on Twitter. On Twitter. We're on the Facebook. Orleans Public Defender's Office is on Twitter. Yes. And, true. and what are they weighing in on? What is what's her name, Lindsay? Lindsay, what's well, she weighing in on? Well, it's usually criminal justice reform, um, talking about things that are happening in, happening in uh, different parts of the country uh, when it comes to public defense, uh, fines and fees, bail, sentencing, you name it. That's usually what we're talking about. Jeez, you know, that sounds Twitter. pretty exciting. How many people would be following that, do you think? Um, I think we're very, we're near... C-Rock will tell us in one minute. How we're many? near 2,000. 2,000 people are following you on Twitter. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. And all they're getting is information about the criminal justice system. Yeah, changes in the law, um, reforms that happen here in Louisiana and, and in other parts of the, the country. 
uh, where it's legal to to buy marijuana, um, that sort of stuff. Actually, I don't think I don't think we tweet that. I'm just I'm kidding. I think about that. Oh, that um, I was going to follow you. Wasn't I? <laughs> that was the only thing I was it's interested good. in so far. You're becoming your own PR person. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So so the money comes from the from the criminal justice system to, p- to pay the criminal justice system. Right. Well, it the comes, civil justice system, I suppose. Yeah, it's uh, and it's problematic. We're the only we're the only place in the country that does this. We're the only state that has this as a regime for funding for criminal justice. Right? Yeah. Well, so how does it, every other state in the country do it? Well, the it's you tell them you project your need, and there's usually uh, an appropriation that's made, either general fund or there's some um, targeted tax that pays for every other state. Justice. Pretty much United every States. other state. Pretty yeah. much every other state. You'll get some but, shifts in when you get local, like in a, a county or a city, but statewide, no other state does it the way we do. And so what is happening in our state is that our state abdicates all responsibility for the needy in the justice system, is that what you're saying? And relies on fines from the justice system itself to pay for it. Is that... Well, I, well, I got that right. Uh, it is um, our, our state gives short shrift to the Sixth Amendment. Um, and and I, I always joke when I talk to different folks that the Sixth Amendment is like it's not what like an it? afterthought. It's what like is one the of Sixth the original, Well, it is an amendment. After it's, what, your, it's your what? right to counsel. So okay. you, your right what does to it lawyer. actually say? Well, it says that you uh, you have a right to counsel. There's other things in it, but you have a right to a lawyer. You have a right to a, a speedy and public trial. Right. Um, and it is one of the original ten amendments. And, and my joke um, when I speak to folks is that our forefathers um, didn't end slavery, but they gave us all a lawyer. And that's how important it was okay. to them. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Were they lawyers, these people who wrote the Constitution? <laughs> well, um, there were there are a bunch of rich planters for the most part, but um, I, I shouldn't say that. There's a lot of different folks involved in that. But um, I haven't got a clue. Did you do any American history as a kid? I, it's just, <laughs> just I don't know anything. This for some reason this Thanksgiving I, I was by myself because my 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 Canadian boyfriend doesn't care about Thanksgiving. No, I'm just kidding. He he was actually <laughs> I mean, he doesn't Canadian. really, but but he was he was uh, overseas at work uh, working, and I um, so I was. I was left alone to fend for myself with my family, so I thought I'd immerse myself in documentaries. And I, I re- rather than dealing with your family, is it? <clears throat> well, uh, I revisited um, this uh, pil- the Pilgrim, uh, the Plymouth Rock, you know, whole thing. And the um, was it William Bradford, I think, was his name, who um, who came over on the on the Mayflower, and and he was really he had lost his whole family by the time he was eleven in England, moved to. Holland, then came over on the Mayflower, started Plymouth. He was the only survivor that made it as a governor of that. And he had good relationships with the Native American, well, relatively good relationships with certain Native American um, uh, people for a while. And he was just full of optimism and then got, it's like got completely co-opted into capitalism from Europe. And then it was like, all went to shit. But, um, (laughs) But it was just interesting that to, I want to read his writings now because I, it would be nice to see what his original intent was. There was, it seemed, I, I'm, I tend to be, I'm, I'm like super sarcastic and, and somewhat dark, but, but I also, I think, have an inherent faith in humanity. And I, I think, well, there's got to be some good there that came over with him and his idealistic nature. And I'd like to read a little bit more and maybe try to find what it, at least well, that was. I think was. everybody has that idealistic nature. That's what America was built on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I was just, yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's, it's really interesting so, to think about where law comes from, where the where the first where where the intentions are, and then how to interpret those as we move forward as a capitalist American society, and and then the, our system of law is so uh, unfair and unjust in so many ways because of money and. But every other but, state apparently but gives money to people to be defended in the system which is weighted against them, except Louisiana. Well, other folks do it better than we do. Uh, I mean, there's troubles everywhere, uh, but there's no one. There's, and you'll you'll see this quite often said. There's no place quite like Louisiana, and so there's no system quite like ours, even with a right that really predates the country. The the first sort of um, pro bono or free representation that was provided was uh, for the soldiers from the Boston Massacre. And it was a riot. We had uh, foreign soldiers placed in our country. Uh, they, they killed a number of civilians, and they couldn't get anyone to take their case. They didn't have very much money. The king sort of abandoned them uh, as they were here. And they convinced a lawyer to take their case. All of them were face, facing the death penalty. None of them were executed. Uh, none of them did um, uh, any jail time that was of any significance. And that first lawyer, that first public defender was John Adams, our second president of the United okay. States. I'm surprised someone hasn't written a musical about that. <laughs> it would a make lot a of followers on Derwin. Twitter. John Adams, John Adams. John Adams the musical. That could That's be a little Twitter project. Handle. John's already ready to go. That could be a little project for, for, for you guys to work on together. Derwin, real quick, what was the second line for justice? The second line for justice was our, it's an annual event that we run, which is our, our second line to sort of highlight um, the need for support of public defense and for criminal justice reform here in New Orleans and Louisiana. And this was our, this was our second year this year that we ran it. Right. Uh, it is a whole lot of fun. We start down at uh, Kermit's, um, Kermit's Place Mother-in-Law Lounge and then go down uh, Claiborne, up Orleans, to Broad, to the courthouse. There's a rally at the courthouse, and then we all second line back. Uh, it's been incredibly successful all right. uh, over the last couple of years. And, where can we, and we, we'll put a link to that on our website. It's there's a, there's a great so. picture of you on the Orleans Defender Twitter. <laughs> what's he got on, C-Rock? I have no idea He's what's got on some, some cargo shorts. Okay. He's right under the Claiborne Bridge. Yeah, that's probably okay. right. That's probably right. All right. And you married the girl that you dated from the soccer game, just to wrap this whole thing up, because we've got to get out of here It now. is all true, and she actually is a teacher at Samuel J. Green Charter School. Which right is around, around the corner here. And that's funny, because they have a lot of soccer. Oh, here's John Heigl calling me. Shall I take this? This is my crazy... No, I can't. This is my crazy neighbor. The squirrel lady. Yes, we have to, I'm not taking it. We have to get out of here. Okay. She is good, though. You can find videos of John Heigl, the squirrel lady, on Facebook, actually, if you oh. take a look. She's good. Okay, so we're out of here. First, before we go, we have to say thank you very much to the people who made this show possible. Basic Swim and Gym, where you can get a full range of fashion swimsuits, workout, and yoga clothes with style. They're on Jefferson. No, they're on Magazine Street, right near Jefferson Avenue. Hey, that's a great <laughs> idea. Thanks to the Hangover Destroyer. The only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. If you go to the Hangover Destroyer website, it's called hdestroyer.com. 
and you write happy hour on the coupon code there, you can get 30% off of Hangover Destroyer. <laughs> and you too can seize the dawn. And thanks also to Louisiana Legs, which uh, makes workout and yoga clothes with designs that incorporate photographic art, like Mardi Gras beads, boiled crawfish, wrought iron from France and caves in China. You can find Louisiana Legs on Facebook and Instagram, and you can buy Louisiana Legs on Etsy. And that's about the end of our Ragini happy hour for today with Derwin Bunton. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Helen Gillet on Ragini and cello. Thank you. And Molly Richard, the budget bitch. Thanks for having me. Also you. found a civic source, which we did not even mention one time. It's okay. I guess we'll have to get on to that <laughs> next time. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. That's been happy hour for another day. You can find links to all these folks on our website, itsneworleans.com. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun. Our show is produced by Graham DuPonte. Our associate producers are Alison Moon and April Stolf. Christian Unruh is our music director and Jean Valois is our music producer. Thomas Walsh is our technical director. And Asher Griffith is the Facebook Live director who put this whole thing on Facebook Live, which if you haven't seen it on Facebook Live, you can go back to the It's New Orleans Facebook page and watch it if you'd like to see what we look like. Our fact checker and social media connector is the fabulous Andrew C-Rock. C-Rock, our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can sit upright for about 60 minutes while talking and drinking alcohol, drop us a line. Our address is on our website, It's New Orleans, where you can also find out many other happy hours that we've made before this one, as well as some other shows we make here. Out to lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace in Louisiana, eats with Poppy Tooker, and you can find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com. And it's BatonRouge.LA. You can keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. On all of it, we're called It's New Orleans, and you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Facebook page. These photos were taken by Alison Moon. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, thank you for subscribing to us. Take a moment, if you've got one, to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street in Uptown New Orleans. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com on behalf of Andrew Duhon, who will be back here next week. Everyone else around the table here at Wayfair and back at our office at INO Broadcasting. Thanks for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. I'll see you back here next week for more Happy Hour.